Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Believe in Memphis podcast. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and today we are going to do a little recap of the Navy game. Memphis was on the road and got a 10-7 victory over the midshipmen this past weekend. And this weekend they will be traveling to New Orleans to face Tulane. So we'll get into a little bit of that. I'll be flying solo today. Before we get started, since this is the first episode, I want to just let you guys know who you're dealing with, uh, tell you a little bit about myself, and then we can get started quickly after that. So like I said, my name is Christian Fowler. I am the lead writer for GoTigers247.com, which is the Memphis affiliate for 247 Sports. I've been covering the team, both football and basketball, for two and a half, three years now. So I've been around the team, know the guys, uh, know the team very well. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. I'm not going to sit here and talk about myself the entire time. As I mentioned, going to start with the uh, 10-7 victory Memphis had over Navy this past weekend, and it was not a pretty game. If you watched, if you tuned in, uh, you weren't treated to the typical offensive performance that we see from a Memphis team, uh, especially this year. This was their first game under 30 points of the season. Only accumulated 10 points in the win over Navy, but at the same time, it is a win. It's the first time Memphis has ever beaten Navy on the road in Annapolis, Maryland. So all things considered, this is a good win for them. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't perfect. Uh, But I do want to talk about some of the big takeaways from this game that I think will be important to monitor moving forward. And the first thing with that is the defense. The defense easily played their best game of the season. I know it's not against a high-powered offense. Navy does run the triple option, uh, so they're not out there slinging it, which is Memphis's weakness is their secondary. But at the same time, to hold a team to seven points, especially a team that's so difficult to prepare for, because they do run that triple option offense, which is so rare nowadays in college football. And to play the game that they did is is pretty impressive. And Coach Ryan Silverfield said in media availability earlier this week that they already have other coaches calling them and asking them how they slowed Navy down, how they held them to seven points. So definitely some positives there. On the defensive side of the ball, a couple players I want to highlight real quick. I think when you play against a triple option team, Your safeties have to come up in the box and be aggressive, and your defensive tackles have to play very well, especially against Navy, who loves to run the fullback dive straight down the throat. It's what they've done to Memphis over the past few years. O'Brien Goodson and Morris Joseph Jr., two defensive tackles, played incredible games. They looked very, very good. Uh, O'Brien made a couple tackles in the backfield. I believe Morris Joseph had a sack in the game, and they really kind of controlled what Navy was doing, uh, trying to run up the middle. I know Nelson Smith had... Some success up the middle, and that's going to happen when you play Navy. But they didn't allow too many big plays up the middle, other than the one touchdown did go right down the middle, and that was more on J.J. Russell uh, and the safety on that play. A bit of a miscommunication, missed the gaps, and and they got kind of just got gapped on that one. So uh, O'Brien and, and Morse Joseph played really good. Uh, Quindell Johnson had probably hit the, one of the best games of his career at Memphis, was named the American Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Week for his efforts. 12 tackles and a very, very crucial interception as Navy was driving into Memphis territory, threatening to score. So very big game from them. They played very well. Uh, It was a good performance for the defense. And I think what they're hoping for, uh, the coaching staff is hoping for after this game, is that it builds confidence. Because obviously, like I said, you're not going to play a team every week that runs the triple option. You will play more teams that throw the ball, obviously with Tulane and Houston coming up. 
but the one thing it does do is build confidence because now you know you can go out there and play. Uh, you got guys that can go out, go out there and make plays. This hopefully built confidence in some of those players. So with that moving forward, that should be a confidence builder for this defense. And the two things that, that I really want to see, or the one big thing I want to see coming out of this win is the defensive line to continue to play like this because we know the secondary has struggled this year, giving up a lot of passing yards. And overnight, the secondary is not just going to be perfect. They're not going to wake up and just be a great secondary all of a sudden against Tulane this weekend. So what you need to combat that is a disruptive defensive line that gets in the backfield, makes plays, makes the quarterback uncomfortable, forces throws. And we've seen that a lot this year with that defensive line, bringing pressure and getting pressure on quarterbacks. But they have to have even more of that over these last two games if they want to finish with an 8-2 and two record with wins over Tulane and Houston. So I think that's the biggest thing that I'll be looking for moving forward is O'Brien Goodson, Morris Joseph, Jaleel Clemens, uh, and some of those guys really turning up the pressure, maybe see some more blitzing from this team. They haven't been a heavy blitz team this year, uh, so I want to see if they do implement a little bit more blitzing in these last two games just to help out the secondary as much as possible because the quicker you can get to a quarterback and the quicker you can force him to get the ball out of his hands, the more likely he is, especially at the collegiate level, to turn the ball over. And that's what this team needs to succeed. They're not just going to be a great defense that shuts teams down and allows seven points. It's not a realistic expectation. But if they can force turnovers and get off the field and give the offense a good field position, then that's exactly what you need from this defense. And speaking of the offense, got to talk about them for the performance against Navy. It was easily the worst performance of the year. As I mentioned, Memphis hasn't put up under 30 points all season until this past game against the midshipmen when they only put up 10 points. And it was a very frustrating game to watch if you're a Memphis fan because this is a game that Memphis should have won by double digits, maybe 15 to 20 points, probably minimum on that. They, they should have blown Navy out in this game because their defense was playing so well. But on the offensive side of the ball, they you could tell they did not want to hit those big plays for some reason. They were trying to slow the game down, and I believe – that's because they wanted to keep Navy's offense off the field as much as possible, run the clock, keep that offense off the field, and try to just get out of that game as quick as possible. I think that's what they were trying to do. You could tell from the beginning of the game they were going to try to establish the run. That's something they've struggled with over the past several weeks is setting up a solid run game to help out Brady White and the receivers. So they wanted to do that once again with Ryan Silverfield being a former offensive line coach. Of course, he's going to want to set up the run and show teams that he can come and run the football, and they just simply haven't been able to do that this year. Uh, Navy's one of the worst run defenses in, in the American Athletic Conference, and Memphis still really couldn't get much going on the ground. Uh, Marquavius Weaver got the start for the injured Rodriguez-Clark. He couldn't do much. Colin Watkins couldn't do much in relief of him. Asa Martin, in my opinion, played the best out of those three running backs. He had the biggest play of the game for Memphis on a 43-yard reception in the first quarter and and looked decent running the ball, but there just haven't been many running lanes for a team that we're used to watching run the ball with ease. Over the past several years with Tony Pollard and Daryl Henderson, Patrick Taylor, Kenny Gainwell, this team has been able to line up and run the ball pretty much at will. They've been one of the best running teams uh, in the country over the past several years when you look at efficiency and yards per carry. And that just simply hasn't been the case this season. And I think that's a combination of things. Um, I think you don't necessarily have the personnel you need up front 
to do some of the things scheme-wise that Ryan Silverfield and the staff are asking them to do. Uh, you don't have as talented of a running back as you've had in years past. The guys I've just mentioned, you don't have a guy of that of that level of talent on this team, not to take anything away from Rodriguez, Kylan, Marquavius, and Asa, but they're not as talented as those guys. I mean, you look at Antonio Gibson and Daryl Henderson there in the NFL making plays on Sunday now, uh, and Kenny Gainwell will, will join them pretty soon. I, I see him being a big playmaker at the next level as well. So I don't think they have an NFL running back on their roster right now. But it's not all on them. Like I mentioned, I think the offensive line has been a problem. They haven't opened holes. Uh, they've been much better pass blocking than they have run blocking. And I think that's because the the run blocking schemes are a little bit more complicated in the system than the pass sets. So they've had success pass blocking but not run blocking. And when you have a former offensive line coach as your head coach, he's going to run want to run the football. And that's been the issue. Um, and with that, with Navy shutting down the run, it forced Brady White to throw the ball. Um, and they knew it was coming. Navy knew when throw was coming, and, and that team is so disciplined and so well coached that they were doing a good job of playing zone and getting in uh, getting in those different zones and disrupting throws and making Brady scramble out of the pocket. And uh, I think if they would have opened up the, the passing game a little bit more, I think they would have had more success, but clearly they had a game plan that they wanted to stick to in this game. Uh, Brady White didn't play the best game of his season for sure. Uh, but he did, you know, they did enough to win. Brady White had the touchdown to Calvin Austin. I thought this was a magnificent play. I asked Ryan Silverfield about this in the press conference on Tuesday. Uh, when you look at the touchdown to Calvin Austin, Brady saw a safety come down into the box, recognized it, changed the play, knew he had Calvin Austin one-on-one. Calvin beat the corner pretty easily inside. Brady slipped it in there for a touchdown. Uh, I thought that was a great, great play by Brady to be able to recognize the defense, change the play, Get him into the right play and score a touchdown, and it shows you the level of uh, of confidence that the staff has in Brady White to run this offense, and that's always a good thing. Brady also made a big play late in the game, third down when Memphis needed it to put the game away to ice it. Uh, he, he completed a third down pass to Taj Washington on a scramble, showed off some of that mobility that's come out of nowhere this year and, and made a really big play that put the game away, like I mentioned. So... It wasn't perfect. It wasn't a perfect win, but it was a win nonetheless. Memphis moved to 6-2. and two. Um, Like I said, first time they've ever beaten Navy on the road, so a big accomplishment there. Um, and now they are looking forward to Tulane. And this is going to be an interesting game, in my opinion, because last year Memphis beat Navy by 30 points, 47-17. Two years ago, the last time Memphis went to New Orleans, um, Tulane beat Memphis forty to twenty four, and they they pretty much embarrassed them in that game. The you know it's a sixteen point loss. Uh, what I remember from watching that game, and I was covering that game, I don't remember it being that close. It, a sixteen point game is still a big win, but it just felt like the whole game that Memphis had no chance, and that they were completely outplayed by Tulane in that game. So Memphis paid them back last year at home, but. Ryan Silverfield said earlier this week that they're still, you know, they they still got their butt whooped in New Orleans last time, and that's still on their mind a little bit. So I think there will be a little bit of extra added motivation this week because the last time Memphis went to Tulane, they did get stomped out pretty good. So with that, you know, with the extra motivation stuff aside, let's take a look at this matchup. Um, I don't like this matchup for Memphis at all. Uh, Tulane has played very well this season. Uh, they've had some close games. They lost to both SMU and Tulsa in overtime. Tulsa, number 24 team in the country right now. 
Uh, they took them to double overtime at SMU. One of the two teams that beat Memphis this year, they took them to overtime as well. So they necessarily haven't won a ton of games, but they've been in there in almost every game they've played this season. So with that being said, you, t- you look at a Memphis team that's not good on the road and historically over the past four or five years has not been good on the road. Uh, there are only two losses this season to Cincinnati and SMU were on the road. Uh, they just only put up 10 points on the road against Navy. So you travel again to New Orleans um, with a team that, that struggles on the road against a team that has played very well against good competition this year. Things could get a little dicey, and I'm worried about this game for Memphis. Um, I, I don't think they're overlooking Tulane, obviously. I don't, I don't think this is like a trap game for them. I believe it's just a difficult matchup. You have to go play a good team on the road coming off of uh, of a game where you just played a very physical opponent in Navy. Everybody knows that playing against Navy takes a toll on players because they beat you up for the entire game. When a team runs the ball 40-plus times, the defense is going to be beat up. So now you got to go on the road and play a team that's that's not as smash mouth as Navy that's, that wants to throw the ball a little more, and that can uh, that can be difficult to have to, co- to have to cover a team that's fast and has good skill position players like Tulane after playing a, a rough and physical team like Navy is not a great matchup. So a couple things I'll be looking for this week. Um, I mentioned, you know, I've mentioned Ron Silverfield press conferences a couple times. Another thing that he said this week that that I thought was a very, very good point, someone asked him about the struggles of the run game, and he said that they cut out some of the plays. They cut out a good portion of the plays, and I think that is a very, very smart move because when you're struggling, when you're having issues like Memphis's run game has been, you simplify things. And that's what Ryan Silverfield said he and the offensive staff have done. Simplified the run game, make it easier on the offensive linemen. They know what they do well. They know what they don't do well. So they're cutting some stuff out, simplifying it, obviously adding wrinkles that they feel will be effective against Tulane. But I think making everything easier on those offensive linemen, changing some of their reads, changing some of their blocking schemes, it, it could be very helpful. Uh, I guarantee you they're still going to try to establish the run this week regardless. It's just what what Ryan Silverfield is going to do is try to establish the run. I want to see Kevin Johns call another very good game because it's been a few weeks. The UCF game was a very brilliantly called game. When you look at that, Memphis was trailing. It didn't look like they were going to have a shot in that game. UCF came out in the third quarter and took that game over even more. And Kevin Johns called a masterpiece of a game. When you look, If you go back and watch that game, I've watched it a couple times now, some of the things he did, some of the risks that uh, Silverfield and Kevin Johns took in that game were massive. You look at the shovel passes, the fourth down attempts. They, did, they pulled out all the stops to win that game. I want to see them call a game like that again where it's just you throw caution to the wind and you say, we think we have this matchup, we think this will work, let's go to it. Memphis is a team that has been, um, I don't necessarily want to say complex, but they've been very creative over the past several years with Mike Norvell at the helm. They always do creative things. They find ways to get their playmakers the ball. And they've shied away from that a little bit in the past several weeks. They've been just trying to establish the run so much, just worried about being able to run the ball. And if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. I just uh, I want them to open everything up, play a play a game like they did against UCF, and just say, okay, we're going to go win this game. However, we have to win it. If the run game's working against Tulane, run the ball. If it's not, 
mix in some run, but but go heavy pass because you have the the talent to do so. You have the speed on the outside to do so. So I want to see them get away from the conservative. We have to run the ball and just do what is working in that game. Throw in some creative aspects. Throw in some wrinkles that you think you have matchups with against Tulane, and go out there and play a great game because it's not looking great to make it to the conference championship. It, it's not. It's not looking great. It's going to be difficult to make it to the conference championship. They need a lot of help for that to happen. So let's just play these last two games. Let's win. That's what they need to say. Let's just go win these last two games. Throw out the entire playbook. Let's go with the entire playbook in these games. Open it all up. Finish the season 8-2. and two. Go play whatever bowl game we play and let the chips fall where they may. If we make it to the conference championship game, great. If we don't, let's go play this bowl game at 8-2 and two and try to get to a 9-2 and two record on the season. And that's a win. That's a major win. If you go if you go eight and eight and three or nine and two in your first year as a head coach, if you're Ryan Silverfield, that's a huge win. You look back to two years ago, this team had a ton of talent. They go eight and six, uh, made it to the conference championship game still. But this team probably has less talent, especially offensively, than that 2018 team 2018 team did. So if you're able to find a way to go eight and three or nine and two this year, that is massive. First year head coach with everything that's going on this season from the the COVID in the beginning of the year, you had to postpone and cancel games because of COVID. Uh, you had two of your best offensive players and Demonte Coxie and Kenny Gainwell opt out of the season. There's been so much adversity surrounding Ryan Silverfield in his first year as a head coach that would not have if it wasn't for COVID, and that's just something that he can't help. If he if he comes out and is able to have a have a season like that eight and three nine and two, uh, fans should be very impressed by that. I know personally I will be very impressed by a first year head coach that handles all this and has a, a record like that. Will be very impressive and very positive for the future and what's to come for this team. So um, obviously the, the game this weekend, I, eleven a.m. kickoff, no TV. I don't I don't believe no TV. I think it's ESPN Plus. So check out the game this weekend. I know I'll be. Uh, tuned in watching since it's on the road uh, we'll, we'll have I have a uh, have some thoughts for you next week on that game regardless how it turns out and let you know what I think based on their performance and look forward to Houston but thank you guys for joining me in this journey on talking about Navy and Tulane and the Memphis Tigers and join us back next week here at the Believe in Memphis podcast thank you for listening for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.